Hey guys, as you can see, Steph and I aren't here. And the reason we're not is July the 15th is our anniversary. We've been married for 27 years. That's what I think it is, 27 years. I'm pretty sure, 27 years. That sounds so old, I gotta tell you. The most important decision, can I do a little teaching here for a moment? The most important decision you're gonna make after you trust Christ is who you're gonna say I do to. And I made the best decision in the world when I asked Steph to marry me. So we're off celebrating, but you're in for a treat. One of our close friends, Pastor Terrell, and his wife Shanda from Freedom Church in Tennessee, they are here in the house. He was here about 18 months ago, and we heard so many uh, folks just tell us how God used him to speak into their life. Pastor Terrell has an incredible amount of passion. He's seen God do some amazing things in his life and in the life of his church. And uh, so it's an honor not only to have the opportunity to host him and his beloved, it's an honor for you to have the opportunity to hear what God wants to say through him into your life. So if you're a guest, we're really glad you're here. And if you show up every weekend, way to go. We're pumped to have you yet again this weekend. So when Pastor Terrell comes out, let's let him know how much we appreciate the fact that he's here. Hello, Potential Church. Good to see you guys. So glad you are here today. Uh, would you uh, give a shout out to all the campuses that's going on right now? Give them some love, all right? I want to say a special thanks to Pastors Troy and Steph for the invitation to be back here with each of you. And it's just an amazing, amazing ride to see all that God is doing through Potential Church. And the thing about it is, you don't realize, and maybe you do, but I just want to reiterate it. You may not realize you are led by some amazing, amazing, amazing people. When you look at Pastors Troy and Steph, I'm telling you, we've been friends for over 13 years. And man, I'm telling you, uh, their love, their support, their leadership, their friendship is second to none. And man, they have had an incredible impact on me and my family all this time and the ministry that we lead, Freedom Church in Tennessee. So I just want to ask you to encourage them, love them, and give them some love right now. You're blessed and highly faithful. Okay. You know, when I, when I think uh, about all the great things that's happening here at Potential Church, it is absolutely incredible. Man, I look back and I was just thinking about all of these years and the first time I actually showed up on the campus was in 2004 and I was thinking about the amazing, amazing pastors you have, in particular Pastor Erdis, Pastor Brian, close friends of mine, all the amazing staff, and last but not least, all of the volunteers. You guys knock it out of the park. Let's give them some love, all right? All right. Now, so glad that, uh, that you're here, and uh, man, I'm telling you. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about this. You have an opportunity to be part of a movement, okay? And what I mean by that is, I just want to thank all of you. Maybe it's your first time here. Maybe you're a guest here, and somebody bribed you to come here because they told you it's going to take you for a steak afterwards. You think, I just hope I get through this deal. Uh, but here's, I want you to think about this. I want to thank all of you all for being a part of what God is doing here because think about it. You're in your investment, your resources, your serving and all of that, you are making a global impact and you are making an incredible difference in eternity. So give the person next to you a high five and say, yeah, way to go. All right. So I got a question for you. How many of you would agree that this world has seemingly gone crazy? Raise your hand. 
You think, man, I agree with that. I don't even want to turn on the news anymore. What's going to happen next? You know, that's just kind of what we think about. You know, the thing about it is when we see the world around us and what's going on, what we end up doing, we end up worrying about what may or may not happen next, right? You know, you think about Orlando. You wonder, is it going to come in our area here, South Florida? You know, you think about the attacks. You think about the racism. It's dominating our country. It's gone crazy. You know, I told our ministry last weekend, it's real simple. There is only one thing, people, you need to separate by color. That's your laundry. Okay? Can you get that, right? But, uh, but the thing about this, you know, uh, you might be that person that worries, you know, and you worry about an attack or, or maybe, maybe on a personal note. Maybe you just graduated high school. And still, here it is, you know, <laughs> we're in July. And you're wondering, am I going to get the acceptance letter of the school I've always dreamed of going to? Or maybe you've already graduated. You got every degree down the arm. But yet, you sent out dozens of resumes. We haven't even got a phone call yet. And you're beginning to worry, you know. Maybe you're already in the job. You're in the thick of things. Maybe you're living the American dream, man. You have got the house, the picket fence, 2.3 kids. And you're hearing talk at the job you got that they may downsize. You're wondering, how am I going to pay my bills? Or maybe you're worried about your health. Or maybe you're worried about the failing health of a loved one that's dear to you. Whatever that is. Uh, how many of you here have kids? You know, <laughs> you got kids. You know, you, sometimes we worry about our kids. I was blessed to have three daughters. And uh, we just actually married off my youngest daughter, the last one to be married, May 29th. So now, sometimes I, I've been worried about finances. Now, grab and track with me on this. We have married three daughters in five years. Okay? People, I know how to spell broke. I'm so broke, I think I'm going to go to Kentucky Fried Chicken and lick somebody else's fingers. Okay? So, but man, we get worried. But here's one thing I know about worry. It's unhealthy. It's unhealthy. The things that simply, we get overloaded by all these things and we worry about all these things. The things that may keep you up at night. Things that haven't happened yet. The future that you worry about eats at you now. So I just want to tell you some good news. Look at the person next to you and say, good news. Man, worry is an optional misery. It is. It's, a, it's an optional misery. You say, what do you mean an optional misery? When you think about worry, man, all of a sudden you take on worry that you don't need to take on. You don't have to worry. No one's forcing you to worry. If you worry, it's because you choose to. When you think about that. I know from my own experience as a Christ follower. Now, if you're not a Christ follower yet, you can lean out on this one. If you're a Christ follower, lean in, okay? But listen, whenever you and I know Christ, whenever you and I know this precious plan in this book, we don't have to worry any longer. And I want you to know that you say, well, why is that? Why don't I have to worry? Because God knows everything in advance. God knows what happened last week. <laughs> He's there. I say, well, I do too. God knows what's happening now. But the difference is God knows what's happening in the future. And the thing about this, you say, why don't I have to worry? Because God has got it under control. thing about this, there's no surprises to God. There's not something saying, oh, son, look out. <laughs> they just got a divorce. Whoa, didn't see that one coming. No, that's not God, okay? 
You're not going to catch God off guard. He knows everything that's going to happen in my life and in yours before it ever happens. When you look at the Bible, the Bible has over 7,000 promises, and many of them have to do with the future. Well, I want to take you on a journey, and we're just going to look at five of them, okay? We're going to look at five different promises, then we're going to look at those things about why that you and I don't have to have any worries about the future. We're going to look at what God wants to do that the world won't when you team up with him that loves you dearly, that gave his life for you through his son and said, I love you this much. So let's take a look at this. Think with me on this. God is going to be with me when I'm stressed. Now, how many of you ever deal with stress? All right, are you with me? Okay, I think we all do at some measure. And the thing about this, God is going to be with me and you during the tense times, during the troublesome times, during those times that's really jacking life up. Because I don't know about you, but I can't predict the future. None of us can. We can't do that. And, and I don't know what's going to happen in the next hour. I don't know what's going to happen in the next day. I don't know what's going to happen next year. Neither do you. But the thing about this, when you think about that, there is never a time that you're alone without God. Never a time in your life. You might not think he's there, but if you don't think he's there, that's your problem, not his. He's always there. The sad fact about life is that as we grow older, people are going to leave. Man, you're going to have kids that's going to grow up and they're going to leave. You're going to have friends that, man, you've never had friends. you never had neighbors like that before, but they move away. You're going to have a situation to where that you have a, a dispute with somebody or someone that you care about and anger rips you apart. Or maybe, God forbid, someone gets ripped out of your life prematurely by death. And the thing about it is, we have a natural fear of being abandoned. We have this natural fear of, of being alone and left behind. But... I want to encourage you and let you know, God is not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. He's going to be with you always. As a pastor for a couple of decades, I've stood at the gravesides of watching a spouse lose their spouse. I've stood at the gravesides of parents as they watched their baby be put in the ground that had an incredible future. And they were thinking, God, why did you take my baby away? And I cried with them. There was a time that I stood and I watched husbands and wives that would come to my office and we would talk and they would tell me about how their spouse walked out on them. They said, I do, but they chose to leave. I've stood and I've talked to people that they had that great job and they come to talk to me and they said, I don't understand. I, I lost my job. I got a pink slip. They were shocked. They found themselves sitting across their, from the direct report and the direct reports working out their severance package. And the question's always the same. You know, what is going to happen with me? How am I going to make it? Well, my answer is always the same. God is going to get you through it. Even in the toughest times in your life, I promise every one of you, God is going to get you through it. I want you to look in the prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament Bible. Look what it says here in, in chapter 43 and verse 2. It says, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty... You will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. See, the truth is, God is never going to be uh, a person in a, in a great big God that he is and leave you alone in life. You notice when you read this verse, it knows that you're going through these things. You are going to walk through them. You're not going to stay in these things. See, in the future, for all of us, we're going to face major troubles. 
We're going to face trials. We're going to face those times that just messes us up and we think we just want to throw in the towel. And the thing about this, you're not going to go under. You're not going to be a person that's not going to make it. Because when I think about God's son, Jesus, he said this in John's gospel in chapter 16. He was encouraging those disciples, and it's very applicable for you and I today. He told them that, you know what, we're going to have trouble. But Jesus said, take heart. I have overcome the world. And that's something that all of us can take heart in. Now, if, if you claim to be a Christian and uh, you're a person that continues to worry, worry is a terrible, terrible witness to someone that's not a Christ follower, to someone that's, that's not a believer. You worry and you're being fearful and you're totally stressed out. Your message to that person is there is no God. That's what you're telling them by the way that you worry. God doesn't keep his word. God doesn't do what he says. I'm in trouble, so I'm going to have to do this one alone because you're acting like an atheist. And that's what ends up happening. It's like this here. <laughs> Check this out. You've been wondering, right? <laughs> wow. Check this out. This is so cool. Check this out. Let me do the Vanna White thing here. Check that out. Now, here's what I want you to do. On the count of three, I want everybody here and at every campus, I want you to shout out real loud what this says. One, two, three. That was pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. But let's act like Miami Dolphins actually just won the Super Bowl. Been a long time. Okay? So here we go. One, two, three. Wow, you guys are awesome. We're actually going to put this on eBay for... $29.95 is the reserve bid. But, uh, man, we need hats. We need T-shirts. Man, we need bumper stickers. Man, we need this to realize that God is with us always. He's always there with us. So I want to encourage you to do something at every campus. Before you leave, there's going to be a photo op wall. And I want you to go to that photo op wall and I want to get you and your family in front of it. And I want you to post it, hashtag it, God is with me. Tie in, tag potential church into it. Because, listen, when you name it and claim it, God's going to get you through it. Come on now. Right? He's going to get you through it. But when I think about these things right here, I'm saying here, God, <laughs> you are much bigger than any problem I've got. That, that, that's what you're saying there in that moment. But not only God is going to be with me when I'm stressed, God's going to be with us when we're confused. Now, let me ask this question. How many of you here know somebody that gets confused? Raise your hand. How many of you live with them? Don't raise your hand. You know, because I just think we all get confused at, at times in life. And what will I do? What, what, how am I going to do this? What's this going to be like? What's the future going to be like? What's tomorrow going to be like? We end up being like that. And sometimes our minds race to worry about a future, and you know what? We've never navigated that future, right? We don't know anything about it. The rest of my life and your life is uncharted territory, and nobody has been there. Now, how many of you remember when you graduated high school, you went and you met with a guidance counselor? Raise your hand. You with me? Remember that? Well, I, I went and met with a guidance counselor too, but it didn't really do me much good. Nothing against the guidance counselor, but it didn't do me much good. Man, I read this verse. Just here a while back in my, in my quiet time with God, and it rocked my world. Look what it says in Psalm 32. Verse 8 says, the Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. 
I will advise you and watch over you. What is happening here? This is the ultimate guidance counselor. Think about this. A godly God, best pathway, heavenly advice. Doesn't get any better than that, right? In the future, you're going to experience new problems. In the future, you're going to experience pain. In the future, you're going to experience pressures. What do you do? Where do you go for advice? You think, well, I'll just listen to Dr. Phil. <laughs> and he'll have his famous line. How's that working for you? I mean, you've ever heard him say that. How's that working for you? Or maybe some of you are thinking, well, you know what I'm going to do. I am going to get the paper or I'm going to read online my horoscope. Let me ask this question. How many of you ever looked at your horoscope? Raise your hand. I'm guilty too. We do that. And we kind of, we're really hoping that deal's going to work out. Here while back, I actually caught myself posting this. We went to our favorite Asian cuisine restaurant, got the fortune cookie. I read it and I actually posted that thing. Can anybody bear the shame with me and say, I've done it too? I knew it. I knew it. It's what happens. The thing about this, you may go to a psychic. You might even go to a palm reader. But listen, these are ways that man tries to cook up about our future that we're already confused about. And some of you are thinking, I know what I'll do. I'll talk to my friend. <laughs> some of you have friends, and I do too. They're as confused about what's going to happen tomorrow as you are, right? So wouldn't it be really good that you and I would just simply talk to God? You say, well, why would I talk to God? Why would I try to listen to God? Because... He's already been in your future. He's already been in my future. That's where we're going. And the thing about it is when you look at that, if you say, well, if I could just figure that deal out of where I'm going or if I could just figure out God and what he's thinking, well, then you'd be God, right? So <laughs> I want to say this, and I want to speak just a moment, especially to the young people. Young people, you face a future, and you need a future perspective. And you need that from the beginning, you need it from the end, but you need it in this moment. You don't know and, and where you're going to be 10 years from now. You don't know where you're going to be 15 years from now. But the thing about it is God is wanting to help you through that. So you need to have a great relationship with God that already knows the future. So God is in your future. He's just waiting for you to get there. That's God, and that is absolutely amazing. So you begin that relationship with him. And you talk to him and you seek him out and you get his perspective. That's what's awesome. My wife, she has an SUV. And it's the craziest thing. It, when you turn the headlights on at night, it has these headlights called Zenon headlights. And they actually turn and they'll go around the corner. You know, give, you go around the corner and people freak out. They, they're in a car, if they ride with us, they freak out because the lights are moving around the corner. And it gives you just a little bit per, better perspective around the curve. You know, I got to thinking about it. You know, it gives us a little bit better perspective, but just still darkness up ahead, and I don't know what's there. And I began to think, man, isn't that kind of like life? You know, you're out there, and you're trying to get through life. You're trying to do and, and do your deal. You're trying to take care of your family. You're trying to work for a living, trying to do all the great things that you have the opportunity to do. But you can only see so far. So I thought, man, I just need to keep driving. You just need to keep driving. Just keep driving. God has got all of that worked out up in front of you. You don't have to know everything right now. You don't have to know everything about the future. You just simply have got to know where to get the answers. And that's through God's Son, Jesus Christ, and that relationship that you have with Him. It's awesome. And that's where it's at. Doesn't matter what's going on around you. It's what's going on in you that's going to make the difference. So with that being said, you know, we're going to be people that are going to get confused, you know. <laughs> but also, God is going to go before you even when you're afraid. Here a while back, and I say here a while back, in the late 80s, I was a construction worker, okay. I was actually an iron worker. I would get up on the iron and I'd walk way up in the air and I was what they called a connector. 
in, in Tennessee, there in Nashville, where I was working at, um, that we were working on a particular building, a high-rise building, and some of the guys called me weatherman because I, I grew up in a farmer's home, and I could actually look at clouds, and I'd kind of guess when the rain was going to come. Well, it's one particular thing after this building was topped out. I was actually on top, very top of the building, walking the iron. And I had to start what they call punching bolts. So you take and you drive this pin in there, line it up, you punch a bolt. So I'm on the very top. So I'm taking this six-pound hammer, and I'm swinging and hitting this pin, trying to put these bolts in. And all of a sudden, I'm dazed. I go up like this and like this, and it pulls down like this. And I'm in a daze, and I hear our pusher, not a drug pusher. They called him a pusher. He pushed us to work. His name was Margo. Margo started saying words, telling us to get off the building that I cannot recite here at Potential Church. And we got down to off the building, and he said, Terrell, he said, I, I saw lightning hit the end of your hammer. And a blue flame flew off of it this far. And I walked around in a daze for three days. Some of my friends and family tell me I'm still in a daze today. But man, when I come to Florida, I freak out because you guys can have some amazing lightning storms. And I, and I just want to get in a fetal position and just, because, ah, I, I, you know, lightning freaks me out. But man, we can all get afraid of different stuff. I know for me and you, especially with the world and how things are going, we get afraid of future events. We get afraid that there's going to be a future crisis. And, you know, we get afraid of something that may happen emotionally or physically or financially or relationally or even professionally we get scared of those things and here's one thing I know fear kills more dreams than failure ever did and that's a fact we think that we these problems are so big and we think that they are so intense and and we question could even God get me through what I'm facing in this moment right now well here's some reassurance I want to take a look at Deuteronomy in the Old Testament look what it says in Chapter 31, verse 8, it says, do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally, say the word personally, doesn't mean he's getting some jacked up angel over here in the corner that's got a broken wing, says go down and help them. No, no, no. The Lord says he's going to personally help you and go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither, he will neither fail you nor abandon you. Now, the actual context of what's taking place here. Moses is encouraging Joshua not to be afraid. He's letting him know that God is going to go before you, Joshua. See, God used Moses to be able to rescue his people from the bondage of Egypt. He's led them up to the edge of the promised land here. And what was so cool about it, as all of those people were going by day, cloud, he put a cloud over them by day. No copper tone needed in that moment. At night, God was leading them with fire by night. And so what he's letting him know here, Joshua, as God led me, he's going to lead you, and that's a big deal. And he's going to go before you in this moment. The other night, Shannon and I came home, and she heard something. And she said, you need to go in and look and see what's happening. I said, you go in, sister. No, I didn't say that, but you know how you think sometimes. But I kind of go in Barney Fifing, and I kind of go in to, to see what was going on because she heard something, and everything was fine. I don't know if it was a ghost or what, but anyway. Just like I went before my wife, God went before the Israelites and he went before them and he'll go before me and you. Just like he promised to care for them, just like he promised them food, just like he promised them water, just like he made them shoes that would last for 40 years. Try that on, Nike. 
That's what God is going to do for you and for me. He knew what they needed before they needed it. And that's just like for you and I. Listen, God knows what you need too. God's presence is always an indicator that he's going to be provider. Now, Isaiah 65 and 24 says, I will answer them before they even call to me. While they are still talking about their needs, and we all do that, right? I will go ahead and answer their prayers. Let me ask a question. How many of you know that Christian that is that Christian that is discontent, they're whining, they're a worrying Christian? How many of you know that Christian? Raise your hand. Many of you do, and if if you didn't raise your hand, you're looking around, it's probably you. The thing about it is, <laughs> we shouldn't worry. We shouldn't whine. We shouldn't do these things, but we all do it, so we need to confess it right now. We stay up at night with the what ifs. You say, what do you mean what ifs? My teenager just started driving. What if they get into a car accident? Oh, I've been dating her for a long, long time. I'm going to go buy the ring, but what if I get down on one knee and she says, let's be friends. You know, maybe it's a situation on the what else where, I, you know, what if I get laid off? I can't pay my bills. What if I'm in a situation where I go to the doctor from a regular checkup and they say, I need you to come back. We have some concerns. You know, whatever that is. For me, I've grown to trust God's faithfulness that he will give me what I need in every situation for which that I need it. Now, that doesn't mean for any of us that we're not going to have life happen. Life is going to happen. There's going to be times that things are going to happen. You're going to suffer losses. We're going to suffer losses in the future in, a, in a many situations. But here's what I know. God has gone ahead of me and you, and God is going to be there to give us exactly what we need. Now, I think I know what I need in the future. I think I know I need God. I think I know I need my wife. I think I know I need my family. I think I know I need my friends. I think I know I need my church family. I think I know that I need my health, or, and I think I know I need resources to be able to do things in life. But the thing about it is, those are things that I know that I need. God knows exactly what I need when I need it. And ultimately, God has gone before me in eternity, and he's working out the details. He said, come on, son, I'm in the future. Just come right on. That's what the promise is of God, and that's what God is going to do for each and every one of us. And that's important. God has got your back. Look at the person next to you and say, God's got you back. He's got you back now and forever. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow. Come on now, right? So God's going to be with me when I'm stressed, and God is going to be with me when I'm confused. God's going to be with me when I'm afraid, but also God's going to be with me when I'm attacked. So what do you mean? Well, here's one thing about life. It's full of hurts. And listen, there's going to be people that are going to hurt you in the future like they've hurt you in the past. There's going to be people that are, that are going to misunderstand you. There's going to be people in your life that's going to cheat you, mistreat you, that's going to betray you. There's going to be people in your life that where they, you're going to get attacked and wounded. You're going to, it's going to happen to you physically, emotionally, relationally. But here's what I want you to promise on and bank on. God is going to fight for you in all of those moments. But you're thinking, wow, man, I, I just got to get them back. Cleta, come on, come on, Cleta, come on, come, come on, Cleta, come on. That's the attitude a lot of you got. You think you're big enough to fight your own battles. 
And I'm telling you, you're not. Revenge and retaliation will not work. You think, wow, pastor, you don't realize what they've done to me. Would it be all right if I could put a snake in their bed? <laughs> or, pastor, how about I just bake them one of Miss Minnie's pies? If you don't know what Miss Minnie's pie is, you ain't seen the movie Help. The Help. Huh. The thing about it is, there's, there's two things you need to remember when people hurt you. You got to remember who's in charge. I mean, really, look at what it says here in Psalm 118. It says, the Lord is with me, so I will have no, what's that next word? I'm not going to have any fear. What can mere people do to me? Yes, the Lord is for me. He will help me. I will look in triumph at those who hate me. So not only do I need to remember who's in charge, but I need to remember that God will defend me and you and what we face. Don't waste your time and energy stooping down to where they're at to try to get them back. Don't stoop to their level. Psalm 18 says, he rescued me from powerful enemies, from those who hated me and were too strong for me. They attacked me at a moment when I was in distress. But, everybody say but. Don't let your butt get in the way. Conjunction, junction, what's your function? Here's the function of this conjunction. But the Lord supported me. Say that with me. But the Lord supported me. Now say it real loud. But the Lord supported me. God has got your back. Man, as a pastor and a leader for a long time, man, I've got a lot of criticism over the years. Man, I've had people call me, and I had to hold the phone out to here because they were screaming so loud. I've gotten emails that I wouldn't read in public. And you always get those anonymous letters. <laughs> they want to tell you what they think, but they're not man enough or woman enough to, to put their name to it. I even had one time, I had a guy that had a national syndicate radio station, and he would listen to me on the weekend and rip me apart on Monday. Here's what I know about life <laughs> when people are doing these things. Sometimes when they're mad, even somebody's mad in your life, they might not necessarily be mad at you. They might be mad at God, and you represent God. <laughs> you ever thought about that? But here's something I want to tell you. Never allow those who know you the least to shape you the most. Got to be careful. Got to be careful. If I spent all my time answering the critics in life, man, I would never get anything done. Aristotle said it best. He said this. He said, there's one way to uh, be able to avoid criticism. He said, do nothing, say nothing, be nothing. And I want to be something in the name of Jesus because I want to be a Jesus freak for him because that's what's going to get me through because God is going to be with me no matter what I'm facing in life. Here's what I know. There's some injustices that's taking place in this world. It's not going to be resolved until Judgment Day. And you know what? That's when God is going to settle the score. And here's what I want you to know. I want to encourage you that some attacks are going to come from the enemy. We call them temptations. And the thing about it is, no matter what comes in your future, Satan's going to continue to attack you and attack you. And don't be discouraged. Understand that God is with you and understand that God is wanting to help you in everything that you do. No matter what stress, no matter what strains, no matter what struggles is facing you now, he's going to help you. Some of you are thinking, Man, I'll be so glad when I grow up and all those temptations are gone away. Let me let you in on something, brothers and sisters. <laughs> 
those temptations will not go away till you draw your last breath. <laughs> not going to happen. They're going to happen the rest of your life. And the more you fall in love with Jesus, understand the more Satan's going to hate you. But greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And I'm going to have strength to be able to make it no matter what. Because God is with me. Say that with me. God is with me. Okay? But God's power, you don't have to follow those temptations. Here's a promise, 1 Corinthians. This is what, what's so applicable to the Corinthian church then, it's applicable to the potential church today. 1 Corinthians 10 and 13 says, the temptations in your life are no different from an other's experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. See, people want to say, well, I can't really help myself. If you say that, you're not only lying to yourself, but you are lying to God. God is going to help you. Don't be intimidated by Satan. He is fighting. He is fighting you because you're loving Jesus. And when you're loving Jesus, he's no match, okay? He's no match. So you're going to, God's going to be with you when you're stressed and when you're confused and when you're afraid and when you're attacked. But here's another promise. And please take this and then put it through the uprights. God is going to be with me and you until we're completed. You say, what do you mean completed? Until the day that he's done and you've, you've been on this life and you get to go spend eternity with him. He's already prepared a home for all of us. Jesus said that. He's not only with you now and in your future, he's in your eternity. Jesus even told him, he said, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, he said, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And I'm looking forward to that mansion. Can I get a witness? Right? I'm looking forward to it. So he's going to be with me, but here's where a lot of people are. They think, maybe you're not following Christ yet. Maybe you're just checking out the claims of Jesus Christ. You're thinking, man, I would like to become a Christian, but I don't know if I could live it. And then some of you are on the opposite end of the spectrum. You're already a Christian, and you're just thinking, will I ever become Anything great for God. We often think that. Listen to this promise here <laughs> that Paul, the Apostle Paul, major writer of the New Testament, told the Philippian church in chapter 1 and verse 6. He says, and I am certain that God, <laughs> who began a good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. What a promise. Do you realize how much God loves you right now and how much he loves you forever? Think about that. It's amazing how much he loves you and me. And he says, I love you this much. When I think about our lives and we're still living, I, I often thought about this before. I thought about where is the wealthiest place in the world? You know, it's, it's not China. It's not the oil fields in the Middle East, it's not even the New York Stock Exchange. It's actually graveyards. You say, what do you mean? Graveyards is where you're going to find markers of people who have left from this life that were made in God's image, where that their ideas were never nurtured, where that their inventions were never invented, where the songs that were never written and sung, where that these people here had books in their hearts and mind that they never did right. They never ran after the dreams that God was dreaming for them because they were scared. So I want to encourage you today. 
Take a risk. Step out and say, I'm going to be everything that God created me to be because I know my God's going to be with me. Don't matter what hell or high waters comes at me, I know my God's got this and everything's going to be good because God, God loves me. See, there's a lot of people. A lot of people, they die full of dreams. They die full of talents and ideas and, and skills and intelligence and abilities because they never stepped out and ran after that in their lives. They never made a good move, and better than that, a God move because they were scared. But here's the thing about it. At every campus, you're not in the graveyard yet. You're still living and you're still breathing. So I just want to challenge you in something. I want to challenge you, move from worry to worship. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. Move into salvation in Christ. Maybe you're just simply here checking out the claims of it. You came with a friend. Things aren't going so well. And you're thinking, man, could God help me? Man, maybe it's time you move into that relationship with him and ask him to be the Lord, the CEO of your life. Because if he's not the Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. Maybe it's time that you need to put on the God jersey as Pastor Troy talks about. You've given your life to Christ, but you've never went public in baptism. You've never went public and invited your family and friends to say, I'm telling a story when I come up out of the water. Maybe it's time you get involved. Instead of being a Christian that comes to the church, you be a Christian that's going to be the church, and you get involved, and you start serving, and you start giving of your resources. Maybe it's time that you... You thought in your life, I'm going to move from worrying to worship. I'm going to go and ask that person in my family. We don't go to family reunions anymore. They go to the kitchen. I go to the living room. I'm going to go ask them to forgive me even though it was them that hurt me so bad. Whatever it is, maybe it's time you move from worry to worship. God didn't bring you this far <laughs> to abandon you. I promise you that. I want to encourage you tonight. I want to encourage you to think about and realize how fearfully and wonderfully made you are. I want you to think about your life and how much that he spent time on me and you. Look what it says in Psalm 139. It says, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together. <laughs> knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven, as I was woven together. Isn't that amazing? I was formed in utter seclusion, woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me. Oh God, they cannot be numbered. God wants all of us to know that he is there for every single one of us now and in our future. And the thing about it is, you're priceless. 
It does not matter about the circumstances of your birth. It does not matter if someone told you that you were a mistake and that you did not count. You are priceless. You bank on him because Jesus gave his life for you. He's going to give you a wonderful life now. And God is going to be with you. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. He's going to go with you until you are completed. God can do anything he wants to do. But there's one thing God won't do. He won't break his promises. He will not break his promises. And these are just five of about 7,000 promises for each of us. So the question is, are you going to trust God no matter what? Back in May, I told you earlier that we, my youngest daughter got married May 29th, but Three weeks before that, was one of the toughest times in my life. My father had dealt with Alzheimer's for about seven or eight years. And um, he was doing fine physically in his body. He hadn't forgotten me and uh, my mother or, or my brother and the, uh, the granddaughters and all that. He, he's come and go and stuff like that. He's doing good. And, but he fell out of the bed and he went to the hospital, long story short. And he spent about two weeks in the hospital and it kept getting worse and worse and worse. And next thing we know, my daughter and I, my daughter works on staff with us and we left and went to the hospital and we got the prognosis from the doctor. And he said, well, he's failed the swallowing test. He can't swallow and he's not a candidate. It's high risk to even get a feeding tube. Your only choice really is We walked out of that room and walked down the hall and Chloe, my youngest daughter, looked up at me and she said, Dad, I bought Popeye, that's what they call him, I I bought Popeye a boutonniere for the wedding and she broke down. And I said, sweetheart, it's going to be fine. We know where Pops is going. On Saturday night, May 21st at 9.30, my father completed his journey. And the next day, I stood and shared three services at our church. I couldn't cry because I was cried out and I was so happy. We laid him to rest on May 25th. We married Chloe on May 29th. And God is still on the throne, people. He got me through it. He'll get you through anything. He'll get me through that. He'll get us through anything, all right? I promise you that. Would you pray with me? God, sometimes, yeah, Jesus, we just get stressed out about the future. We worry. Please forgive us, God, when we act like atheists. Please forgive us. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, no one looking around, I just want to ask you, do you need to admit to God, God, I worry way too much. God, I'm sorry I worry way too much. I worry about the kids. I worry about my relationship. I worry about my job. God, I worry about my health. God, I even worry about tomorrow, and it's not even here yet. Would you just ask God right now, say, God, be with me more than ever. Tell him, say, God, give me strength to make it simply one day at a time. Ask him to do that. Would you just say, God, I want to claim your promises, God.
God, I know you're going to be with me, God. I know, God, you're going to watch over me. God, you're going to go before me. God, you're going to fight for me. God, you're going to work for me. I am going to claim and hold on to your promises. Today, I put my faith 100% in you. I'm going to trust you now and forever. Maybe you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life. That's why you're here. That's what God wants to do. You're not here just because you came with a friend or somebody invited you or you just came by the, uh, and just thought you would stop at the campus and check things out. You're here because God loves you and he's got a plan for you. So right now, if you know and you know he's knocking on your soul, that is the King of kings and the Lord of lords who laid out your life before you breathed your first breath. Just tell him, say, Lord, I invite you into my heart today. I don't want to be alone trying to do it myself. So please, Lord, come into my life. Forgive me of trying to do it myself. Forgive me of my sins. I'm yours. I want to be your son. I want to be your daughter. Save me in this moment. Rescue me. If you prayed that and you meant that from the depths of your soul, just thank him where you're at. Be sure to let someone know at your campus. And I'm telling you, your life is about to be radically changed. Thank you, Father. You are amazing. No worries because of you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you.